0: It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by the Add Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast. We would love for you to like, share, and leave a review of our show. Subscribe on YouTube. Most importantly, help us spread the word about the great stories being shared on our show. Our guests today are Mark Victor and Crystal Hansen. Along with business partner Jack Canfield, Mark Hansen is best known for creating what Time Magazine called the publishing phenomenon of the decade. Chicken Soup for the Soul books, are one of the most successful publishing franchises in the world today with more than 500 million books sold internationally and more than 100 licensed products. The name Chicken Soup was chosen because of the use of chicken soup as a home remedy for the sick. Mark and his wife, Crystal Dwyer Hansen, have recently co-written their newest book called Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny.
1: Crystal Dwyer Hansen is an international speaker, researcher, corporate consultant, author and entrepreneur. Her expertise is in the field of human potential. Through her years spent as a transformational life coach and wellness nutrition expert, she has seen people experience profound and lasting transformation in relationships, career, health and wellness by tapping into their own inner resources. Crystal and Mark are releasing a new co-written book called Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny They are both passionate about the health of our planet and the need to create comprehensively sustainable energy and water solutions. Together, they are owners of Natural Power Concepts, a Hawaii-based company focused on cleaning up the planet through natural energy devices. They live happily in a beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona.
0: Mark Victor and Crystal Hansen join Robert and Noel in a conversation about how to move from where you are to where you imagine yourself being. They share about the power of being infinitely curious, like children, who are perfect, uncorrupted askers. We also talk about the importance of relationship capital. We hope you'll join us in learning that each of us was coded by God with a destiny. Mark Victor and Crystal, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to have this conversation. I'm just looking forward to uh, learning so much about your journey and just being able to share it with others.
2: Delighted to be here. Thank we, uh, Like I said before we started, we not only love writing books like uh, Ask, which we think every entrepreneur's got to have because every entrepreneur has a destiny, and you, this is a bridge from your dreams to your destiny. And we think everybody's going to have to be an entrepreneur given uh, the rampantly hyperinflation that's happening and, and uh, anemic uh, leadership around the world.
0: I absolutely agree. Even if they have a job, they should be an entrepreneur and have a business.
3: Right, right. Or an entrepreneur, you know, think of the business that you're working for as your own job, because we know so many people who got their start from working for other companies. And when they added so much value to the company, uh, they were either offered something bigger where they made themselves so indispensable that they had they were offered a a ownership position or leadership position that led to ownership. So, you know, it always pays to act like an entrepreneur even if you're working for someone else.
2: Last week, we were with a guy named Brian Hess, who four years ago was working for someone else, added so much value that now his company is doing in the fourth year, 50 million, and this year it'll do 100 million. He owns the uh, pavinggroup.com, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. And Brian is a dear friend. We took him with us to Horatio Algier Award last week, which is nothing but entrepreneurs. And I want to say one more thing and that is, We're friends with Dr. Muhammad Yunus, which has trained 100 million women mostly to be entrepreneurs in the poorest country in the world, Bangladesh. And uh, he says poverty belongs in only one place and that's a museum.
0: Oh, amen,
2: amen, love that. See, you let that Baptist out of you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we're gonna go straight to to the idea. We love talking with couples and obviously love uh, asking couples about working together. And so obviously you guys work together on this book and other projects. So what, what makes it work for you guys to work together?
3: Well, you know, um, Mark and I are really blessed that way because from the beginning of our relationship, we just seemed to really sink when it came to work and just all of our values and ideas. So, um, but we still had things to work out. You know, everybody comes to a marriage with a bunch of their own baggage and we, undoubtedly had ours we were both married for 20 plus years before he was 27 i was 20. so um we had to work through some of those things and i think it was really
2: 47 years (laughs) combined
3: (laughs) but we just had to you know really be honest and be able to uh, truly ask the right questions of ourselves and each other to get to the point where we could reach an understanding of what our expectations are of one another you know and um understand what our value systems are and how we define those. And, um, you know, just also getting to the point where we could, uh, we could give each other a lot of grace and and realize that we're not the same person. And so kind of celebrate each other's differences. And I think that that was an important part of it.
0: Nice. So let's get right into asking, because I love asking, I want to I want to call myself the chief curiosity officer for our company, but um, yeah. haven't had the courage to to do it yet. But obviously the three asks in, in ask, you talk about are ask yourself, ask others and, and ask God. Mm-hmm. And so let's, I guess if we dig into ask yourself, I want to just talk about how does someone change the quality of their questions? Like maybe their typical question is, is why don't I have enough money or why does my money always run out? How do how do we help them switch that to ask that in a more positive way or in a way that's more helpful?
2: I, I will go there in just one second. I want to hitchhike on what Crystal said. And that is, when I after I went through a very expensive and painful divorce, I wrote down, I asked myself, what would my ideal woman look like or my mate? And I wrote down literally 257 things. We had to have the same mm-hmm. values, we had to have the same interests. She had to want to travel with me and me with her. If we both had kids, the kids had to get along, because most people are superficial in their asking. All of what you're asking, Robert, meaning that when you're 16 years old, you, I want me a hot babe, and I want him tall, dark, and handsome. Well, I'm bald, and I'm hardly that. So, you know, the the point is that you're evolved. Now, back to your question about, I think everybody's got it. What we're teaching here is that God coded each of us with the destiny at before birth. And what happens is your job is to find it. And our job was to write this book, have you go over the questions with your mastermind partner, your business partner, your wife, your spouse, your kid, your churchmate, whomever, and, and find out what your destiny is to be an entrepreneur like Crystal said or an entrepreneur. And we define an entrepreneur as somebody who finds a problem. And boy, there have never been so many in the world. <laughs> and I'm laughing at it, ladies not la- and gentlemen, not to laugh at you, but to laugh at the situation, because it is humongous now. Find a problem fix it, scale it, and to make a vast profit. It is spiritually your obligation to be profitable. If you're not profitable, the only time Christ ever was uh, profane was in blasting the uh, fig tree that didn't fig. And the guy who buried his talent, he took all that talent and gave it to the guy who multiplied it. Because if you've got a little, you're supposed to make it a lot. And that's everybody's job. And obviously, having been bankrupt back in 1974 and lost $2 million in a day, to where I am now as world's best-selling author with 500 million books sold and still going for a billion, an entrepreneur can do amazing things if they have amazing things. If they ask them, "What is the amazing thing that would fulfill my potential?" Like she fulfills my life, and I think I fulfill hers. But that was a di- <laughs> oh, you're not sure now. <laughs> oh, this is the end of this interview. We like
3: to joke yeah. with yeah. each other. Sorry, it, it, no, you did.
2: So every one of us has infinite potential. That's the point. Oh, I absolutely agree.
0: So let's dig into asking God. I think what, it what is necessary in when it comes to, to, to asking God.
3: So I just think the asking God part is, is really the most important part for us because, um, first of all, it's how it's you recognizing that you're a part of, something really big and something really great. And it's called creation, (laughs) right? And so you're never alone. And I think one of the problems with people nowadays is that people live this life as if they're doing, if they are alone. And when you understand the nature and essence of God, you know, you're literally the offspring of God. And so you're never alone. And in this wide universe, Um, There's unlimited answers and unlimited possibilities for you. If you are willing to acknowledge that reality and take the time to ask God, and really that takes a lot of quiet time. I mean, it takes, first of all, you know, asking yourself like understanding what it is that's working in your life and not working and what, what you really want from life. And then taking that out to, you know, god's big glorious universe and saying god you know will you show me the way what are the answers and um we both experienced miraculous um blessings in our lives um because we've never really i don't think either one of us have ever really well i mean i would say there was a time i guess when my faith was a little shaky but that's when i found god even more which is interesting but both of us have pretty much lived with faith for most of our lives
0: Yeah. The power of belief is, is, is pretty strong. So when it comes to asking others, what, what others would you choose?
2: Okay. So I'm going to put your two questions together and I, I'll just take this one and she can add to it or, or uh, amend it. Um, I'm bankrupt and upside down 1974. And I think I'm ready to commit suicide because I'm so depressed and I'm so low. I got to reach up to touch bottom and I'm, sleeping in front of another guy's room in a sleeping bag at a hundred dollars a month in hicksville long island new york so you can see things were not smoking <laughs> so i said okay uh god what is, and this is the question everyone's got to ask god what's your destiny for me god what's your destiny for me god what's your destiny for me 400 times before you go to sleep and then tell your um mate if you've got one um, I'm probably going to wake up in the middle of the night based on what Mark and Chris are saying. And, and I need to get up and go turn on light. You might have to go in the bathroom and write it down or dictate it into your uh, smart uh, device, whatever that is. But it, I said, OK, God, what you know, if, if what I did wasn't it, what is it I'm supposed to do? And, and God was real clear once I asked Said. Um, you tell me what you want to do. So the infinite said, you got to get definite with the infinite. And I said, well, I want to speak to people that care about things that matter, that make a life-changing difference and get paid exceedingly well for it. I go down to my three roommates asking others. That's number two. And I said, Hey, you guys know anyone that's not a Broadway star. Remember we were in New York at the time, a celebrity, a lawyer, a doctor, a cotton top, like I am now. (laughs) And uh, that's making money speaking. And the guy said, oh, here's a ticket to a guy named Chip Collins. You take my ticket and go. He's years older than you, but you'll really get wowed by him. He is phenomenal. So I watched him wow 500 people, mesmerize him, take them. There's 28% real estate interest in, in buying real estate. So nobody was buying or selling and they were all depressed. And I watched him turn around a whole audience and transform them. They said, you ever talk to a dead audience? I said, I've done that a lot too, just like Chip. And I woke up and I said, I want to take you to lunch. He said, what do you want? I said, I want to be a professional speaker like you. And he said, look, kid, the chance of you making it now that you're asking is one in a thousand, you ain't going to make it. I, I, why don't you go do a real job? I said, no, no, just let me ask you the questions at lunch and uh, I'll figure it out. Anyhow, he said, stay out of real estate because I own the five boroughs in New York. I'll teach you, you stay in life insurance. So he said, it's a bottomless pit for motivation. You'll knock on 10 doors. One will say yes. Well, 6.30 the next day, somebody said yes. And uh, the guy said, here's a directory to everybody at Metropolitan. And I just, I did a thousand talks a year, the first three years in the business. And people said, you got that story in a book. So I immediately wrote a book called, not this one, but Stand Up, Speak Out and Win. I sold 20,000 copies to little itty bitty audiences of six, 10, 12, but that was $200,000. And back fifty years ago, that's like two million dollars, man. I was styling and profiling. I got me a brand new Chrysler Cordoba car with white Corinthian leather. I was smoking again. <laughs> Go
1: ahead.
2: What? No, you can ask any question you want. Right? No, you, ask, we-
3: you know, one thing I wanted to wrap with when because we were talking about asking yourself, asking others asking God, those are the three channels that we discovered were the most important channels. Um, And each one of those is really equally important in your asking journey. Uh, And just to break that down a little bit more, ask yourself is really your reflective journey. You know, Um, you can't know where to go or how to get there until you know where you are. And so there are three phases to that asking yourself part. And those are, you know, where am I now, number one, um, and few people take inventory of that. They just keep hurling forward and never really reflect on where am I now? Is it working? Do I like it? Is it right? And, you know, so the where am I now? The second phase is where do I want to be? And again, we say ask that question from the nth degree of your greatest imagination because God gave only humans an imagination to create. And it says we're created in the creator's image in, in the Bible. So, you know, we truly are because Everything you've ever seen in this world started in someone's imagination. And that's how it was created. If you think about the power of your own imagination. So the three phases, again, where am I now? Where do I want to be? And then imagine that from your nth degree of success, success in your relationship. Do you even know? So many people complain about their relationship, but they have no idea what they really want. What What is a good relationship to you? What are you doing every day? So imagine in the nth degree of a successful relationship, How are you speaking to each other every day? What are you enjoying about each other and the relationship? You know, what's important to you? Uh, What are your values? What what are your adventures? What's your fun? You know, do you have any fun? Um, And then imagine like what that looks like in its ideal state, right? If we're doing this perfectly, what does that look like? And in that way, you can start to sculpt your perfect life backwards just by asking those questions. And then the third phase is, What action steps do I need to take to get there? So where am I now? Where do I want to be from the greatest imagination of my mind? And what are the action steps that I need to take to get there? And so that's the ask yourself part, you know, in a nutshell, I'll let you guys, you know, comment to that if you have any.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree until you understand. I actually just published a book with those exact steps, uh, trying to, uh, work with women, um, on where they at and where they want to go and how to get there.
2: Good for there you. you.
3: There you go. See, yeah. I mean, yep. totally yeah, do. it's just wisdom. And um, and then so that's the ask yourself part. And then asking others, you know, ever we can't do this journey without other people. <laughs> we have to. We need each other. No one's ever accomplished anything great alone. Ever. 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 So think about that. You're. We need to learn to ask. Asking is a big part of that journey. And what asking others does is also allows us to bond. I mean, it's through asking questions that you can bond, right? With another human being.
1: Yeah. Um, you mentioned having fun. How important is playful and being, uh, having fun together?
2: Yeah, totally. And absolutely. I mean, last week we were at, uh, Horatio Alger awards, which, uh, we won back in 2000 and, and, uh, It has the most wonderful people in the whole world, all of whom have come from rags to riches and and like us, been excessively philanthropic. Now we tithe in every book. And when people say, why do you sell more books than anybody has ever sold? That's it. Uh, You know, you open up the windows of heaven and some of you say, well, that's pretty spiritual. Well, it is. and, And we were hanging out with like David Foster, who's arguably the world's greatest orchestrator. Now, the other guy that won that wasn't there this year is Quincy Jones. But both of them got kicked out of school at 13. Now, one of our five kids as a special ed teacher and here's the deal is that we school is too linearized this is your talent that's what i'm saying it's just like this is your job jlb which means you're just over broke anybody has a job and doesn't become an entrepreneur is in trouble going into the future that i'm envisioning right now given all the problems so everybody needs to figure out their divine right livelihood and then and then destiny and then go do it so have I over-answered your question too much? <laughs> no, that's not possible.
3: <laughs> well, and, and so we did have fun. I mean, you were asking yeah. about having fun. We had a, a great time, but Mark and I, we do have fun together and and we do pretty much, you know, support each other and everything. And we we always travel together. I mean, he didn't have that in his last marriage, you know. Uh like his wife didn't want to go anywhere with him, didn't want to travel, didn't want to do anything. It's very hard to have a successful relationship if you're not supporting each other and supporting each other in a way where you're both enjoying the same things and really, really making an effort to, uh, to find the joy, the fun, the laughter, and just to not take life too seriously.
2: Let me add to my wife's thing. When I picked up Horatio, uh, there's a lot of pictures <laughs> she put at our social media. So if you go to Facebook, you'll see it. But there's one where I'm in a tuxedo and she's in an exquisitely elegant dress. And we're walking up the stairs at Constitution Hall and, and they're playing the yeah. trumpets as you oh. come in. I mean, it couldn't be, you know, 2,000 people come to see us and you win the award in the Supreme Court. And this year, of course, um, James Seymour won and her, uh, Herschel Walker won. And just just tremendous, tremendous. Ten of us get matriculated a year in the Supreme Court and one international. And and we, we get along with all of them. And, and they're all people that have... have uh, gone through tremendous adversity and now are superstars and in, in whatever their respective profession is, because there's entrepreneurship needed everywhere. That's, and I think fun is it. You, if it's fun for you, then it's probably the right place for you to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, so let's dig a little deeper into, you mentioned tithing, you mentioned, but the, the, I believe money is spirit. And, and obviously the trust, you know, the trust is the foundation of money. Trust is the foundation of faith. And and so there's a very spiritual element to money and contribution is necessary for that spiritual flow. Um, and so would you dig a little deeper in the power of, of contribution?
2: Well, when I asked myself if I need to contribute, when I went bankrupt, I went to Norman's Peel's church in the morning and in the afternoon. I went to see a guy named Reverend Ike and we've just finished his biography. It won't be on until next year. Wow. But here's a black gentleman born in 1935. Who had holes in the soles of his shoes, and he's reading, The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. And now he says that. And I grew up in a Baptist and Luther church. And suddenly I'm in this Pentecostal type church. and I'm going, Wow. And then Jesus said, the, you know, you've come life, you have come and you have life and have more abundantly in John 10, 10. And suddenly you see the whole Bible is a book of prosperity. He always took shortage of fish and bread and fed everybody. When he had to pay the tax collector, he said, Peter, go and fish first, fish or a coin coin pay from the old team. So I wrote a book called The Miracle of Tithing, which we'll update someday. Called I don't I've written 318 books or co-authored them. So but that one's totally by me. And I will write it up. And but the fact of the matter is that if you're running a spiritual life and you understand what you just said accurately, which is spirit money is spirit, and, and there's you know, E equals MC squared is all the energy of the universe, either matter solid, which is mm-hmm. slow-moving spirit, or E C squared. Solar, solar energy moving at a high level and when you give one of three things happens. it's like water when you don't give it's frozen it's not moving when you give just a little oh i'm going to give one percent like jeff bezos does right it, it, somehow he's made a lot of money and, and but his wife is really the giver now his or his ex-wife mckenzie yes she is given 571 is awesome. million and says i'm going to give away 12 billion in the next two years so there are a lot of people go like this and she said no no she understands the law the law Christ said, "Is given secret, secret, and you'll be rewarded openly." Right. So then, the, so water is frozen. Water is slightly ambient, or water that that is heated, which is what happens when you start to give ten percent, which is the proportional giving to the church, temple, ashram, mosque that you believe in, or get your spiritual nourishment in front of. If you don't have one of those, go find something like today. One of the places we're giving is, is Saint Vincent de Paul, which. Yeah we're feeding all the hungry people in Arizona. It's just not okay. No one should be hungry in the greatest country in the world. If we had real leadership, just like there's no bad students or bad teachers. And I've had great and inspiring teachers as has my wife and there's no bad companies or people in companies or bad company leadership or no leadership. And so what happens is when you give, it becomes ambient. It's like in when you take a shower, one drop of water, Fills the whole room. That's what happens with the ambience of giving. And, and that's why it says in Malachi, the last chapter of the Old Testament, 310, I'll open up the windows of heaven, because God's got all the resources. I mean, God made the universe 50, I don't think he made it 15 trillion years ago, but he, let's say go with 15 trillion 15 billion years ago. Because that that's how we are calculating it mm-hmm. in human time. But in god time, there is no time. Right. So it's a, no time and no space. So it's a little bit issue on the other side than this side. And I again, I, I apologize if I over but remember you write as much as I do, think as much as I do, and we do. You turn on
3: that spigot, and I totally shut the guy up.
2: And, we, and, we are here to learn, so. We, we never run out of questions for each other. Love that. What am
1: I doing?
0: Ask that
1: one. Which one? <laughs> How do we pull out our dream or our purpose?
0: So her book is named The Dream Life Planner. So it's helping women to, to exercise their dream and ask has the same kind of purpose.
3: Yeah. So how do we pull out our dream or our purpose? I think, you know, that's that's um, what we call the asking journey, because the only way to pull out our dream is to start taking that asking journey and ask ourselves more questions, you know, asking we say that um, asking is really the only mechanism that has the ability to reveal what is hidden from you, and so often we're taking our clues from what's already going on around us. You know, we see the problems, the issues, whatever. Um, maybe things aren't working out, so we keep getting feedback and and we keep playing whatever's happening forward. And it's not until we really sit with ourselves and start to ask the questions, you know. Forget about what's going on right now. What is it that I really want? Where, where am I at my best? What is my greatest expression on this earth? The, that which God made me for. If I were standing, waking up every day, expressing my best, and it looked perfect, what does that look like? And then all the questions that come after that. Okay, so how do I get there? Who do I need to talk to? Who's doing it? Who's doing what I'm doing? You know, how do I want to be, think, feel? What do I want to do? All those things. I mean, that's really that's why we call it the bridge from your dreams to your destiny, because it is literally a bridge to take those dreams in your heart and unlock them and start moving you forward across that bridge to that ultimate destiny. And suddenly you're looking around your life and you're going, I'm really living my destiny. But the funny thing about your destiny is it keeps unfolding, right? There's more and there's more and there's more. And that's the beautiful part of this life. May I add? Of course.
2: So because you brought up dreams, let me tell you how this book came to pass. We <laughs> traveled everywhere in the world, 80 countries, and we met a lot, a lot, a lot of people, 7 million or something. But, and the difference between somebody who succeeds a little and somebody who succeeds a lot is one thing, they know how to ASK to GET what they want. And, we won't do any business or write any book that doesn't do three things. It's got to be totally unique. And I'm going to tell you how unique and dreams goes together. It's got to be transformational, meaning that you cannot look at a caterpillar and predict what happened with COVID confinement cocoon and predict butterfly. And I think we're going to go into butterfly-ness in, in humanity. And it's got to be inevitable to serve at a great level for us. So when we're writing Ask, because we unique, Crystal has these prophetic dreams, And she started to write them and originally we're going to go back and forth. She was going to write it. I was going to write it, but she was so clear, so profound, so enlightening and illuminating it, which is what happens when you ask ASK, you're going to get illumination insight solution. She wrote this and then she put it in four parts. We ended up putting in four parts. I said, sweetie, we got the uniqueness of this book is what we'll do is we're going to put the fable of Michaela at the very front of the book and it's going to be the world's longest prologue. Nobody's ever done that. And, and, Remember, I'm of Danish descent. So in, in Denmark, the world's greatest fabulist is obviously in the world is Hans Christian Anderson, Ugly Duckling and all. But we don't have an American fabulist, but she's it. <laughs> and, and so what happened is the book has been number it's one so forever. many times that a top agent in Hollywood who has, has asked us never to say Sorry. his name, because as soon as we name him, everyone says, well, if you work with Margaret Hansen, you should work with me and make my movie. Well, no. that's not the way it works. I've earned my uh, stripes to get there. Yeah. Anyhow, he, he we get on the phone with him and a guy who I've helped make $100 million, Jim Stovall. If you read the book, Jim Stovall was a blind NFL player. And I said, you'd be blind in six months. He's yeah. locked in a room. Long story short, he writes his book, The Ultimate Gift, which became a movie. And I wrote, this book is the best ever it has got to be a movie and, and Stovall who's blind would say when Mark talks people listen so he made a hundred million with the movie and had great stars and, mm-hmm. and we've been his guest at his home recently we were in Tulsa talking to 4,000 people and then he invited us to dinner but the point is is that she wrote that because it was her dreams and, and we have had so many people come back to us and say oh my gosh I cried. I woke up my wife in the middle of the night or my teenage daughter and said, you got to read this paper of Michaela. And now, you know, we think it'll become a great movie. And so Jim Stowell gets in line with our agent and says, Mr. Agent Man, what you got to do is understand this is the next Harry Potter. <laughs> now, that's what, right? It's nice to get that kind of accolade from somebody who's made a lot of movies and written 50 books, or whatever. Yeah. Well, however many Jim's written, because I endorsed the first one. You know, because I really want to help everybody and and I want everybody to write, everybody out there to write their own book and and make sure they have an impact and leave a legacy because words and thinking congeal. You get better when you write. You can't lead unless you read to succeed as far as one of my cliches. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) That's fantastic. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book Dream Life Planner. Move from Tired and Overwhelmed to Free and Empowered by Noelle L. Peterson, available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at Empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, 2Dream.com. That's Empower, number 2, Dream.com. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness.
1: How
3: have routines helped you guys? Oh, I think routines are really important. I tend to be really organized that way. I, I think I have to have routines because there are so many efficiencies in routines. Um, oh, it froze for a second. Are you guys can hear us? Yep. Yep. Okay. okay. So there are so many efficiencies in routines. Um, so once you figure out a good way to do something, it there is so much efficiency of uh, time by, you know, figuring that out and then repeating it in a certain way, um, you can accomplish so much more during a day. If you're trying to randomly reshuffle every day, um, it tends to be a lot more challenging. You don't get as much done. And I think everybody experiences that when you have super big interruptions that take you out of your routine and you just go, oh, what happened to that day, right?
2: (laughs) Um, Or a week or month. Yeah,
3: or a week or month. But we really try, you know, to have a very set routine during, during the week, but we kind of, we kind of have our routine on the weekends though, but it's more about like hiking and biking and, you know, getting our errands done and just hanging out a little bit. Um, Sometimes we get stuck working still, but uh, if we have deadlines, Um, but every day, you know, we wake up, we make our coffee, we do our meditation prayer. Um, You know, we have this routine that we, that we do that really kind of keeps us on track.
2: May I add to the Absolutely Well, we're, we're falling in love. We're we just happened we still lived in California and, and uh we're now in Scottsdale, Arizona, we love it here as there because California's gone sort of nuts. But we're <laughs> we we're sitting at Mother's Market and there's a man of the cloth sitting next to us that's very senior, white little collar, black outfit. And he leans in and says, I can't help but see how in love you guys are. Do you mind my telling you what makes a marriage work and last? I didn't want him to interrupt us, but I said, okay, tell us. He said, well, I've been ahead of Billy Graham ministries. I said, well, I love Dr. Graham a lot. Mm-hmm. So he said for f- 70 years, this guy's 92 years old. And he said, we found out only one thing works if you pray out loud together. So we prayed in groups, we prayed in church, we prayed at funerals, all that stuff, but we never prayed out loud together. And we said, well, let's do that. So every morning we wake up and the first thing we do is pray out loud. And then we go into deep, meditation, box breathing, all that kind of stuff, very specific routines that we have, but what happens for us, and we both have a a diary, our ask diary in the chair, so we can write what happens. There's never, I don't think, I've never said this before, but I don't think there's ever been a time anywhere in our long relationship that, that we haven't meditated. And one of us hadn't come up with a breakthrough idea for solving some problem that we got or a book that we're writing on or an idea or uh, something we got to do with one of our five kids or six grandkids, is it true? Would you? Right. Agree with yeah, that? I
3: would say so. Yeah, for sure.
2: I mean, it just um, You know, sometimes I wax over macro stuff too much, but I, I don't think I've ever missed it. And we've saw she solves problems like <laughs> when you're big. You know, one of the ways you know you're big is you have lawsuits that that are we're innocent, but she outthinks every lawyer, and and we're also help the lawyers for. Last year, we were co-chairs of of Child Help, which has helped 11 million kids get out of abuse and neglect, Mm -hmm. and it just breaks your heart. I can make you cry with the stories, but they were being sued out of a building that they have owned, and Crystal talked to the head of Child Help are two lovely ladies that are 84 years old, and we adore them, and we're with them a lot and have meals. They live here in Arizona, and Crystal calls up and said, this is the solution. Your lawyers have missed it. They've goofed up. So she gets on the phone with $5,000 an hour lawyer and said, no, no, you guys don't (laughs) see what the truth is here. You got to change your perspective. Here's this. And she kept the $30 million, 30 million, I think was the price of that building. Yeah. At least 30 million, maybe more because a mayor who's, I think I can say this publicly less than ethical. How's that? And sure not operating in the morality that I believe in was trying to steal their building. And my beloved, <laughs> she deserved to have a whole halo over her head for that one because she solved a giant problem and they didn't know what to do. And the lawyers, well, that's what the mayor says. He's gonna take your building. No, the mayor, you right. don't get to have the building. My wife can outthink you. Just she's the Elon Musk of women.
3: Well, you know, I just, you know what happened? They told me the story and I started asking questions. And when I found out some of those answers, I started digging deeper and I said, Can do you guys have the files? And I started looking specifically for some deeper questions. I had very specific questions that went back a number of years. And they, the attorneys had had those files, but they'd never thought to ask about it or look it up. And I, I found the materials I needed. And I said, you know, and they were about to move out of the building. They had been advised by their attorney to move out of the building and then try to work it out. Oh and I said no, don't said no way don't you dare leave so I was telling the ladies this was literally after first after I right after we met I met the women the ladies running it and they had me on the phone the next day they said we'd like to get on a phone call and and talk about it with our attorneys and this this phone call starts and they said Crystal would you please lead this conversation <laughs> I was like, well, they had two legal firms and I'm like I'm just little old me. I just saw something, you know, I'm not even an attorney, but two law firms missed it. So I just started off and then I dug deeper. I found more. And as it turned out, we got uh, some of the benefactors of the organization to put up more money to take this into court. And they said, you know, the judge said, no, you know what? They do have a case here and they don't have to move out. They're exactly right. And so the case is now open and it is a 30 plus million dollar building.
1: Asking those bold questions. Yep, that's right.
2: See, a lot of people say, well, I don't need to read your book. Well, good, listen to it on audio tape when you're driving to work or exercising. But (laughs) we think, and and obviously I'm inside, I'm the guy who's, I'm in 87% of the homes in America. There's nothing in the world that has the brand penetration that my books and my products do. I mean, we show up, uh, in the old days you'll appreciate this so in the old days i, I got a lot of people complain because if you're the biggest <laughs> you got a target so I'm a, I'm a target but they said well you're wrecking the whole book business i said thank you very much well, how am i doing that they said you're going into dollar store and dollar general dollar blah blah and i go and that's wrecking the book business said, yeah you're selling your chicken soup for those sold books for a dollar I said, no no there's three stories in the dollar book I get fifteen percent of it. Last year I made fifteen percent on on fifteen million books. You multiply that. That's good. I said, you don't get it. The people that go in a dollar store have never ever darkened the door of a Barnes Noble or a Hudson or a Booksmill. I'm sorry, but you don't see what I see. Some of those people, maybe it's one in a hundred, one in a thousand, one in a million, are gonna go to the bookstore and buy the big book. But I'm trying to get everybody to read because it's it's it for my parents were illiterate Danish people because they came through. During World War II, and there's no ESL as a single
3: language.
2: <laughs> no, English no. is a second language. Did I say that right? So you, you, you
3: did the second
0: time. The second time, perfect. sorry. <laughs> yeah,
2: I know what I'm My mind is paragraphs ahead. I used to be at Norman Vince Appeal's church and sitting with his wife with the darts and the crafts and the richest people in New York. And Norman would say, Mark, when it's done, come in. A, why didn't they laugh at my joke? I said, Norman, you're about three paragraphs ahead and you just totally spaced the, the punchline. He said, If I ever do that again, would you just stand up and say punchline, Norman? (laughs) (laughs) There's something really important about being able to
0: to have your book in the dollar store. And and even if it's just excerpts of it and pieces of it, because one of the phenomenons that I'm seeing more and more now that I'm in this space is that people that are below the poverty line, people that are poor, don't talk about money. They don't talk about relationships. And so they don't understand when they're being ripped off. They don't understand when they're paying higher interest rates. They don't understand when, when something isn't fair. And then they're just told, well, this is the way it is. And they believe that because they're not willing to ask those questions. And so it's so important that people understand that part of the American, American right is the right to ask questions. You have the right to to know more information. And And if they were talking about it, they would know. 5% is a high interest rate right now for a mortgage, but 4% is probably pretty good. But they don't talk to their neighbors about their money. They don't talk to their neighbors about their mortgage or how much they paid for their car because they're embarrassed to talk about money. And they've been told that talking about money is wrong. And I think it's fantastic that Chicken Soup for the Soul is in the dollar store and, and people are getting that spirit raised and the idea. And I hope that Ask has some excerpt versions in the dollar store. So people start to ask questions about things that aren't right. And that's the way these things are going to change is when people start talking about them and people start asking questions and caring rather than just giving in and saying, well, the, the mayor said that they're going to take our buildings. So we got to let them have it. Right.
2: Just so let happen. me, I, I didn't plan on doing this, but I'm finishing another book. No surprise called money wants you.
0: or mm-hmm. Money wants
2: me in the first person. And, and uh, because of this conversation, I'm going to, Talk to our publisher about making sure it, it it is miniaturized. It's a big book, and it's yeah. you know, I've written. I was told I'd write seven money books. This is my seventh money book. I mean, like One Minute million Millionaire sold three point six million, and I melted down Amazon and Jeff Bezos by outselling. We sold more in the first day than he could deliver, and he was amazing. Paid our way up to see him. <laughs> so it, it's a long story that we. Well, I was. I just have to interrupt. I
0: I got to go. I got invited to an event in Utah. And I listened to One Minute Millionaire on the plane just out of coincidence and was re-listening to it. And I landed and went to this event and and Robert Allen was in the room. <laughs> and so I had a conversation with Bob and, and found out that he goes by Bob and yeah. uh, just had a fantastic conversation. I just was listening to the book on the way here and and uh, he's going to be on the show next month. So yeah, I, I love that a book genius, a lot.
2: A genius and a great writer and friend Mm -hmm. of ours for ever and and he just as a cute aside he asked himself if he could learn chinese both of us i've been to china we've been to china 80 times and he he asked himself learn chinese so it's sort of amazing but let's go back to ash yeah he did it that's the point and next question
0: so we were talking about the money and everybody talking about it so one of the topics for me that that comes up a lot is jesus words to let the children come to me for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And the church talks about their innocence and others talk about, but for me, I think there's a piece of the imagination in there and the wonder you talked about earlier, Crystal, right? The the children grow with this belief that everything is possible. Yes. And then all of a sudden the parents and the teachers and everybody else starts to teach them this idea of impossible that gets stamped and, And then how do we reignite the childhood wonder and and belief in the impossible?
3: Right, because you're so right, Robert. I mean, yeah, we came into this world infinitely curious, and that's the key word, curiosity. What is curiosity, right? Curiosity and wonder, that is a mind that is asking questions internally all day long, right? What is this? What is that? Who is it? Kids want to know who, what, when, where, how, why? all day long right that's how we were created and that's why children evolve so quickly in a few short years they just learn you know this just incredible amounts of information and then depending on how we were parented you know what our teachers said to us our, we got shut down at our jobs our opinions weren't valued you know or when you're little stop talking i'm sick of hearing you ask questions all these things start to crush us right um don't ask any questions unless you're called on. And suddenly we're standing there as adults, just almost terrified to ask any questions and, and really kind of embarrassed that we don't have all the answers. And that is so sad. And so what we're saying is, first of all, recognize this. Recognize that you were a perfect uncorrupted asker when you started on this earth, right? You were a perfect uncorrupted asker. And then life started to shut you down. So we're inviting you back, back to the way God created right. you right and what jesus talked about you know be like a child look for the joy in everyday look for the wonder in everyday look for the opportunities trust that it's out there you know we get so cynical and and really honestly when we we get the, so cynical that we think nothing good can happen to us we're really turning away from the grace of god you know we you know jesus is that grace and um it's there for us, and, but we have to hold that wonder, the joy, the faith, the curiosity. What do you have next for me? And of course, we're learning lessons along the way. You know, sometimes it's a little bit different than we plan, but the key <laughs> is to never lose the hope, the trust, the curiosity, and that wondrous joy that, that we came to this earth with.
2: Can I add something, Robert? Of course. So when Crystal and I are writing this book, we're in Hawaii. We own a company called naturalpowerconcepts.com, and you, everyone ought to look at the videos, but that's irrelevant. We're on the beach resting, and all of a sudden, the cell phone rings, and it, it is our little grandkid for Christmas had gotten a uh, Dick Tracy watch is what I would call a gizmo watch. Yeah. So he can only call grandparents and his parents. That's yeah. it. Right? He's six years old. And, and it comes gizmo, so I said, honey, we got to take this. And he says, grampy? I said, yes. Ever, are you alone? I said, no, I'm with Mimi. He said, anyone else around? I said, probably a thousand people here on the beach (laughs) in Oahu. I don't know. And he says, can I talk to you privately? I said, of course. I said, you and your brother and sister and the rest of the kin can talk to us 24 7. You're the most important thing in our life. What is it? He says, are you writing any new books?
3: He told you how much he loved the chicken soup. Go go ahead. He goes, I really love those books you've written, Grampy. I he's really six are. years old. He goes. I've been reading some of those chicken soup books. We didn't even know he was reading, but he's really precocious. I really love them. And and then he said, "Are you writing any more books?"
2: I said, "We are." And he said, "This don't tell mom and dad yet, but can I write that with you?" And I go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I thought, wow. So the first story in our our ass book is certainly dedicated to our grandson. Everett, and, and he has since written stories and he gives them to us. And, and of course, they go out right on the refrigerator because that's where they should be showcased at yeah. the moment. They're, but he is really, he can do a Rubik's Cube in one minute. I mean, the kid is less, totally blessed. And less, profound. Less well, me. as long as they we're bragging. Or she's got, they got more than me. So <laughs> I can't <smarter> <laughs> <me. laughs> if, we're,
0: if we're bragging about grandkids, my our grandson is five and wow. uh, he and I wrote a book because we were on a walk with our, walking our dog, during COVID one day and he looked up at the moon and he said, grandpa, I want to sleep on the moon. And so I said, well, how do we get there? And so the book is basically these five or six explanations of him trying to figure out, we go home and tie a ladder together. We go home and, and, uh, you know, we, we live in Colorado, so you, the moon gets right close to the mountains, and so we got to yep, climb the beautiful. mountain to get to the get to the moon. And, and uh, just just encourage. I was just asking questions of how how can we do it? How can we do it? And letting him his imagination um, just just figure out how we're getting to the moon.
2: Uh, well, tell I him love the, that
3: that's so cute. Tell him the
2: ancient Greeks thought you could do that because when yeah. the moon looks <laughs> close to the Earth. Archimedes built a three-story ladder and found out you cannot touch something that's, <laughs> that's 2,500 right. miles. And they had no way to calculate. They didn't know triangulation yet. They didn't right. know. very. We're on the board of Back to Space. So we're, we're pretty keen and we're f- close friends with all the astronauts. As a matter of fact, we are with two black MD astronauts uh, with us. One was in my class at Horatio, Dr. Bernard Harris. But I'm Back to Space, we, we need to go into space. And that's not today's topic, but <laughs> not be more into it. Well, well, you're
0: you're you're speaking to a, a space lover, so I'm <laughs>
2: I'm a huge fan. Well, I'm just a space cadet, but they think we're important. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I have the the space shuttle on one one wall in our living room, and the moon mission, literally the the map of the moon mission, um, on the other wall. So, love the moon mission, and feel like that 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 set a legacy for the United States and for for the idea of what it means to be American um, that we could go to the moon and come you know, return a man safely back to earth is so powerful so remarkable and, and that's what so asking
2: remarkable. does because that's what jfk right. said is that's not what you can do for your country right. but what your country can do for you and unfortunately we've got people that are flipping that now and don't get it and, and well, yes, they want
0: we, they want the country to do everything for them now
2: that's right. what, exactly and, and elon musk says you know i plan on uh, dying on mars And we've been with Richard Branson on Necker Island, and he said, "I'm going to go there within seven in 70 days one way, stay a little while, and come back." I said, "Richard, my opinion (laughs) and Crystal's I think is that you're more important here on Earth, so I wish you wouldn't do it because you're (laughs) my age contemporary."
1: What have mentors meant to your growth?
3: Um, I'll let you take that one first because you've had he's had I've had some amazing mentors too, but he has had some incredible mentors. Well,
2: the first guy we talked about, Chip Collins, taught me how to speak, and then Cabot Robert, who lived here in Arizona, taught Zig Ziglar and I how to sell mountains of product from a platform when it just began. He started with a little tape and sold the fifteen thousand, and the first tape recorder, a Sony tape recorder, twenty bucks. So for thirty bucks, fifteen thousand people bought from him at a Rotary International. So he started our industry that now, well, up before COVID, did thirty billion a year selling from the platform. So I have no idea how big it is, but I'm one of 10 of the best at it probably. <laughs> and, and have taught a lot of people. I did mega book and mega speech seminars, uh, literally where we charge people a thousand dollars, which uh, she came to way before I even know who she was. So, um, and, and, and her mother said, Anyhow. you got to go hear him talk. Anyhow, the, the point is they were mentors in, in college and in grad school Bucky Fuller showed me how to be a comprehensivist and and say, here's how to make the world work for 100% of humanity. She is my top mentor right now, I'll tell (laughs) you. But in our company, MarkVictorHansonLibrary.com, where we're helping ghost write books for people because, because fiction books sell 10 to 1. Like fiction last year in America sold 47 billion. Nonfiction sold only 4 billion. So it's better than 10 to 1. So we're ghosting books. We've got... Uh, 59 great authors writing and ghosting books for people for 27900 So it may look expensive, but everybody ought to write a book. And and those 98% of the people can't write what's called sticky, meaning right. that they, most people read the first page. and no, I'll here. Our books are sticky. When you start reading it, you probably stay up and go, I'm not going to feel good tomorrow, but boy, I'm reading this <laughs> tonight. tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember that's how, kind of how we did with the, the one book, Millionaire. And just listening to Michelle's story, it's all we did. You know, every t- chance we got to listen, we were just turn it back on. Isn't that
3: fun? It's yeah. uh, good Thank books you are, for doing it. books
2: are amazing. <laughs> and, and by the way, there's a, a weird aside on just that book, One Minute Millionaire. And it's, it's a trilogy. It's Cracking the Millionaire Code. And it's a little sister is called Cash in a Flash, which I thought of a pretty cool title I wrote. We're number one in Vietnam. And before COVID, we were there two years in a row. And they love us. Mm-hmm. But we are doing everything we can to keep them capitalistically communistic free enterprise because i don't want china taking over taiwan and i sure say don't i don't want them that or we've got to roll through the taiwanese and we don't want them taking over vietnam or cambodia or any of those countries stay in your own dang country
0: right <laughs> absolutely <laughs> all right i'm going to switch gears on you guys what's your most memorable date
3: uh well i think our first date was probably really stands out for both of us (laughs) because it was so crazy and silly. Um, we, my mom actually sent me, it was the the first time I met Mark and it wasn't an official date, but we did go out to dinner. Um, so I guess it was like a date, but, um, my mom, I was recently divorced. Mark had been divorced for three years. And, um, my mom got an email author one Oh one. And I I had a vibrant uh, life coaching practice. And my clients were having such amazing results. I mean, people had been depressed their entire lives, like five sessions. They'd write to me, I'm completely free of my crushing depression, my anxiety. I've started over all these things. So I wanted to write a book about it. I was halfway through my book. Mom says, You've got to go to this author 101 uh, event. She's like, There will be publishers and publicists, and Mark Victor Hansen will be there. And I'm like, Oh, whoa, Mom, when is it? (laughs) She goes, It's the day after tomorrow. And I go, oh, they're sold out. I can't go, mom, really. And she's like, just call. I go, I don't have anyone to watch babysit the kids. She goes, I'll watch the kids. So I'm like, okay, she's taking away all my excuses. I'll call, just, and they'll say they're full and she'll be happy. And I called them and it was, Rick Frischman was the promoter. And he called me back personally in a few minutes and said, no, Crystal, we'd love to have you come on over. So I thought, geez, this thing has a life of its own. I guess I'm going to this thing. And I, I was living in Scottsdale it was in um, LA, and so a day and a half later, I'm there at the VIP uh, event after, and I am so serious about my business. I'm like, I am not drinking any <laughs> wine. I'm, not doing, I'm just gonna talk about my work. I'm here to do business. And so ironically, Mark's in the corner of, room, of the room surrounded by an entourage in the VIP room. I'm standing over here talking to a speaking po- coach, and someone whacks an entire glass of red wine on my white pants, the girl who's not drinking at all it just randomly got spilled and mark must have been looking my way because he broke out of his crowd and he comes rushing to my side and he's like oh i'm so sorry i kn- I think i know where the club soda is let me help you <laughs> and so he found the club soda and he's like you know tell me what you do Blah 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 i told him about my practice my book and he said there's something really interesting about you and he said I think you have the ability to to make a big difference especially for women I'd love to hear more but I'm starving it's nine thirty. 30 you want to have some dinner and I said sure I haven't eaten either but let me go change my white pants and so I went <laughs> upstairs and said mom I gotta be quick you know are the kids okay she said yeah and she said what's going on I said I'm going to dinner with Mark Victor And she goes I knew it I was like, what? You knew it? How? I didn't know it. And uh, so then, you know, we ended up, go- uh, he said, let's go off property because everyone's going to be hounding me all night. So we went to this restaurant and.
2: there are like 50 people and, you know, $100 bill won't get you in even a top restaurant in Hollywood. So I said, watch this. I just grabbed her hand and just back to asking. So I grab her and we go up to the maitre d' or the gatekeeper, whatever you call him. And he looks at her and he goes, hmm thinking she's a movie star, but he's going through People Magazine and and Vanity Fair and all that. And she has been a top model. I I will tell you that. So the guy says, who is she? Now, remember, you always answer a question with a question. question. So I said, you don't recognize her? Now the the guy's done for. Because his mind's going super speed through Insta and everything else. And he says, okay, I give up. Who is she? I'm goofing around totally. We're of Danish descent. I said, well... She's a queen of Denmark. <laughs> he says, no, she's not. And then all of a sudden he goes, oh my God, she is. Who are you? Back to questions. I said, who travels with the queen? He said, you're the king. Hold on. I got a table for you. And that past we had a table. I get goosebumps telling you this story. And when we're in China, that's the story. So they always want us to finish with it. Every, you know, we get 1,000, 12,000, whatever people. And they always bring us, they bring her, you know. <laughs> A hundred uh, roses, because a hundred roses means total love in in uh, China. And the Chinese, we love the Chinese people. I want to be clear mm-hmm. on this thing. We're just a little not happy with CCP, Chinese <laughs> Communist Party leadership.
0: I feel the same way about Cuba. I've been blessed to go to Cuba twice, and and wow. love the people so much, and just just hope for some day that that capitalism will overtake that little island
2: authoritarianism yeah. doesn't work and and uh, we could vamp on that but that isn't this show yeah. <laughs> exactly
1: so what do you guys like to do in your free time
3: uh the, what we like to do the most in our free time is hike bike we love being outside we just love it you know walking on a beach um and being with our grandkids just they delight us we try we get to their baseball games as often as we can they live in the city next to us, um, so we, in fact, we were one. We were at a baseball game this week, and uh, yeah, we love doing sleepovers with them. It's just they it's sleep the best. over here. We don't yeah. sleep over there. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Over for special sleepovers, and they love it. It's it's their favorite thing too. So yeah, we, and we travel a lot. You know, travel. We travel for business, but we travel for pleasure too. We we do love traveling, which is nice <laughs> because we both like to travel because we've done a lot of it.
2: Yes. I just do the baseball game this week. One of our partners is gigantic in baseball, yeah. and he made a glove for each of the little guys that are playing baseball. And so and our little uh, seven-year-old Jensen just his team won fifteen to nine the other night, and and uh, I'm videotaping him. <laughs> luckily, with my little phone, and sure enough, he smacks one out, Smack and it. smacks it to <laughs> first base, and kept stealing bases until he got to third base. He's <laughs> I, so it, funny. I thought he's gonna get nailed, but he is faster runner than they were throwing at his little kids. And it just it just it tickles our heart and he loves it that we're there and, and uh and now he's got a real professional glove that he can play with yeah. for the rest of his life and last him the rest of his life.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. So obviously with, with one minute millionaire and obviously with chicken soup for the soul, connection and network were were a vital part of of spreading those messages and of course I'm sure with ask you guys you know tap into that network so let's talk about the value for of connection and network i i believe entrepreneurship you mentioned what it's about solving a problem and and you know creating solutions for humanity but it really boils down to people all businesses are about people and and when an entrepreneur is in the people business it it's important to value connection and value your network and building your network can you speak a little bit about the importance of relationships and and building your network
2: yeah let me tie it up tie up our meeting with that we we do a whole thing about relationship in our ask book Mm -hmm. because we say your network is your future net worth and it's true i mean i have got in my cell phone if you go to contacts at the bottom i got four thousand eight hundred ninety eight contacts most people have 250 and you know that because I used to work in a funeral business, train all the salespeople to do pre-need sales. And only 250 people come to the average funeral. We did chicken soup with the grieving soul. And the average wedding, which we just had one of our daughters just get married, uh, has two uh, two of our daughters in the last couple of years uh, mm-hmm. get married. And, and the average wedding is about 200, 100 to 250 people because that's all they know or know that, know them. And so it is critical because you're what you said is your relationship capital can create everything else. You could take everything away from my hero, Elon Musk. And because he's got such a relationship, he'd have it back in a couple of days or uh, most a year. And because his relationship three years ago, he was bankrupt, had to sell 12 houses. He had no money. And now he's the richest guy in the world. But it's all because of relationships. And he's doing stuff now to make sure America, back to what you said about free speech gets, in case you didn't know it, yesterday he bought Twitter for Uh, either $490 billion or $502 billion. depends on whose number you believe, but that's a lot of billions. Right. But But it'll go through because he's smarter than everybody. He can outthink them, outtalk them, outsell them, outpersuade them, I think.
0: Absolutely. Well, and 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 he's so committed to his purpose, right? His purpose, he talked about earlier, was that mission to Mars. And part of his selling homes is because I don't need all these homes. Getting to Mars is more important to that. And so... He recognized this is a distraction to my mission. I want to focus on my mission. And I love that about your book, right? Bridge from your dream to your destiny. And, and destiny is really all about mission, right? It's not a place. It's a, it's a purpose. Yep.
2: And, it's, it really and it's more important than money because if you really learn to ask. You'll have all the relationships you want. You have all the happiness you want. You have all the fulfillment that you want. And, and then when you do transition and shuffle off the mortal coil, you're going to be asked, what did you do? And, and did you fulfill your destiny? And, and, and we're stud students of near death experiences, 20,000 people that died and went to the other side the research at Duke university says, God said the same or Jesus, whoever they met said the same thing each time your job, you weren't done yet. You're back. You're out of here. Even though they loved heaven and the music and they go out of the electromagnetic spectrum, you did not fulfill your purpose. So they come back and then they figure out who they were. I'm saying don't die to figure it out. Don't have a car accident or go to hospital, figure it out before. And with that, we have to conclude because we got to go on another podcast, but we think the world of you too. And we cheer everyone on to get value added. And my wife's got one last well, thing.
3: I just wanted to invite everyone because we've created a free webinar that we're giving around the book because we want to help people, you know, extend their asking journey to really go deeper so um, if you go to askthebookclub.com, we can, we'll send you an invitation, askthebookclub.com and make sure you get your book on Amazon or you know wherever Barnes and Noble, Amazon is where everybody is getting them. Now it's easier because- Shift crime, your house. But yeah. Um, so we'd love to help everybody, you know take that asking journey
0: a lot further.
2: And become a master asker because yeah. we think you gotta get your ask in gear.
0: <laughs> Mark and nice. Crystal, thank you so much for taking the time today. Very much enjoyed the conversation. You, I Are learned you, so great? much and I'm very inspired. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. We Thank love you.
3: It. Thanks for having us, you guys.
0: If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free www.addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Bob Stanley and Bob now co-owns Bobby Toads with his daughter, Jackie. They are now able to help children around the world and are literally living their dream together.